from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sunday Bet Prep, the NFL preview show with Scott Spritzer, who went 6 0 last week on this show, and Matt Humans. <laughs> no, I went 3 0. Al went 6 0. <laughs> okay, Al went 6 0. You and your buddy Al combined to go 9 0. How about Scott Kellen? How did he do? Do you recall? I don't recall what Scott did last week. Off he the top had a pretty of my good head. week. And the only reason I, I know he, he went 9 0 yeah. combined is because Al mentioned it to me by text about five times this week. Oh, yeah. He was so happy about it. But how do you do this? We go combine 9 0 on the show and go 3 2 in the contest. Yeah, it's not easy you, to do. How did you do that, by the way? <laughs> Totals. <laughs> anyway, you know. Scott Kellen had a pretty good week in the NFL, I believe. He was your co-host a week ago. He was. He's a guest on the show with us tonight. Scott, how was NFL Week 8 for you? Uh, it was good. And, Scott, I think I went 3-1 and one or 4-0. and oh, So we would have been like 13-0 between the three of us. And I think you went 4-0, oh, Scott. We did yeah. well. Yeah, and I think Bovey did well. And I think uh, – I don't remember everything Will Hill had, but he may have had a couple plays I had, so – that might have been a really good week last week, actually. Could have been something to do with the humans. I don't know, man. Being in San Diego, I'm not sure, but uh, boy, that's pretty hot. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but how did I go three and two in the contest if I we was, went nine and zero with combined? That's that's what I want to know. I was three and two in the contest as well. There you go. Yeah. All right, Scott Kellen, NFL handicapping specialist, with us now. Follow him at Sixth Sense NFL on Twitter. And uh, Scott does throw write ups on these games every week. You should uh, fire off an email him to him if you want to read his uh, scouting reports on all these games. Scott, how can people contact you, by the way, if they, they want to get your write-ups on these games? Uh, they can either go out to SixthSenseSports.com and uh, communicate that way or at NFL on Twitter. All right. Do that. I recommend it. And, uh, Scott, we're going to start uh, with the Packers-Lions game because early in the week I thought this would probably be a good spot for the Packers to stop this four-game losing streak, and I did not pull the trigger fast enough and lay the three – with the pack. Then it went to three and a half. And I'm not excited about laying the three and the hook with a Packers team that's really struggling offensively. But it's also a fade of the, the Lions who have a, uh, a clueless coach and a clumsy quarterback, <laughs> and they find ways to lose games. And I'll let you break it down because you like the Packers here. I think, did you lay three or three and a half? Would you still lay the three and a hook with the pack in, the, in Detroit tomorrow? Yeah, I did lay three and a half, Matt, because I don't want to say late, but you know, by the time I kind of was confident in my decision, uh, it was three and a half, so I laid it. Mm-hmm. And my numbers support it pretty well. Um, we know Detroit traded away Hawkinson uh, this week. Josh Reynolds' receiver is doubtful. They will have Amon St. Brown, who's their best receiver uh, by far and away. 
But DeAndre Swift didn't play much last week. He's iffy this week. And as great as this offense has been, uh, you know, when they've been down their offensive players here the, the two weeks prior and, and, the, and three weeks prior to um, last week's game, shut out at New England, six points at Dallas. Obviously, Dallas' defense is pretty good. Um, and we know they fumbled on the goal line, so they could have scored more points. But uh, they're going to be down a lot of their offensive guys here again. And if you look at it from the Packers standpoint, I thought, you know, it's hard to gauge how well the Packers rushed the ball last week because Buffalo was playing the two safeties deep. So it was almost like they were kind of just letting them do that. But I th- still thought the Packers offense kind of looked competent for the first time this year, potentially. Um, and when you look at the Packers schedule, they've only played one team that's really below average in defense. And that was the Chicago Bears. They scored 27 points, gained 6.3 yards of play. 5.3 yards to rush, 7.5 yards to pass. So they moved the ball um, against a bad defense. I expect them to move the ball here. The challenge, obviously, will be they've got to be able to hold Detroit down enough offensively. But, again, I think Detroit is a little bit banged up on the offensive side. Green Bay will probably run the ball a lot, control the game from that standpoint, uh, and I expect them to cover. And, you know, if they don't win this game, then obviously they're completely dead this year. But I expect them to be able to cover this number. Yeah, it's a little too soon to stick the fork in the Packers, Scott, mm-hmm. but I agree. I think they've got to get back to A.J. Dillon, um, Aaron Jones. They've got to get back to running the ball. They've kind of gotten away from that. And it's it's obvious that Aaron Rodgers can't carry this offense like he has in the past, and he doesn't have Devontae Adams there to help him. Correct, correct. And Oh, we lost Scott there. All right, we'll get Scott get back, back here in a couple minutes. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about is which one? Which Rams and Tampa Bay, I was going to ask him a little bit. Is that him? Is he on there now or no? Rams and Tampa Bay, I was going to ask him about because he had two plays in this game, and if mm-hmm. he comes back soon, we'll ask him about it. But he not only likes the Buccaneers in this game, which we both tend to do here, Matt, you and I, uh, he does like the under. And I can certainly mm-hmm. see why because you've got two very underwhelming offensive lines. And you know, Tampa Bay's defense still has the talent to be decent. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to end up winning this game also. I like both of his plays, the Bucks and the under in this contest, but I can certainly see why he's playing at under 42 and a half. Yeah, we've got two guys in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational played the total as a best bet here. Randy McKay played it uh, under, and Aaron Renning played it over. So what's Scott Kellen going to play? He's, he's got the under. the under. He's got uh, yeah. Tampa Bay in the under in this one, and I guess he's – you know, still wants to see those offensive lines perform poorly. The Rams a little bit worse than the Buccaneers since he's also laying the points uh, with Tampa Bay in this one. But, I, I, you know, when I look at this game, and the reason I ended up on Tampa Bay, I didn't play the total, uh, was the fact that, you know, I, I don't like the Rams' defense getting to the quarterback and putting pressure on Brady in this game like you need to do if you're going to beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers like other teams have so far this season. And maybe they can get a little bit more out of Leonard Fournette if they're able to pass block and run block a little bit this week, which makes life a little bit easier on Brady and the Bucs. So I'm with them on the Buccaneers of this one. I left the total alone, but I, I tend to lean towards his under uh, rather than Aaron Rennings. No disrespect to Aaron. He's a great capper, but I kind of lean towards the under there also. You got two offenses here averaging about 17 points a game. Do we have Scott Kellen back on the line? Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah let's go, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead and give us your breakdown here on uh, how are you going to play this Rams Bucks game. Yeah, and just to clarify, I'm on the Bucks and the over. Actually. Oh, you are on the over. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, from a Bucks standpoint, uh, Rams seventh worst in the league in generating big pass plays, Tampa fourth best in the league in limiting those plays. So I think it's going to be tough for, from that standpoint for the Rams. The Bucks, you know, despite their offensive line, and the middle of that offensive line is not great, and Eric Donald will probably put some pressure on them, but they're second best and fewest pressures allowed while the Rams have struggled, second worst in the league in generating pressure. So I think Tampa's got a chance from that standpoint. And they're going to get some guys back in the secondary this week who haven't had great years for Tampa. Um, but nonetheless, they're coming back, which just helps them. And, you know, maybe more importantly, they're getting Akeem Hicks back on the defensive line as well. Uh, and just when I look at this, the Rams have played three below-average teams this season. They've won all those games. But against the best teams, and I know Tampa Bay's not there, but they lost by 21 to Buffalo, 15 to San Fran, 12 to Dallas, 17 to San Fran. Tampa's better than the Atlanta, Carolinas, and Arizonas, I think, even though we haven't exactly seen it. Uh, obviously not as good as those top elite teams. Uh, I just think this is going to be a tough game for the Rams. Uh, and from an over standpoint, these two teams lead the league in percentage of pass plays, so I would expect a lot of passing uh, in this game. 
And these guys have played three times in the last three years, and they've totaled 51 or more points in all those games. I realize that scoring's down for both these teams this year. But the, and the total was 47 and a half points or higher in each of those last three games that they played. A lot of that offensive talent is still on the field. I just think this total is a little bit too low for the talent, even though we haven't seen it. I went over in the Rams game last week, went over in the Tampa game last week, got lucky in the Tampa over probably. Um, I, it's just a low total. Um, and I, I think these teams can get over 42 and a half points, uh, especially with all the passing. The clock will be stopping an incompletion. So uh, I'm on the Bucs. I got qu- quite a bit of value on the Bucs, and I'm projecting about 47 points on the total. All right. Scott, you're looking at the Colts and Pats, and I like your play here. I, I wrote down the over, by the way, for you when that Rams-Buccaneers game and then said you had the under. I was just trying to influence you a little bit. Uh, Colts and Pats, you're looking at a total there too, and you know the best way to start it off is what everybody says every time he faces a young quarterback who hasn't played a whole lot and hasn't started a whole lot, and that would be Belichick going up against Ellinger. What do you think about this contest? Yeah, I'm going under on this, Scott. Uh, Colts fifth worst in the league in allowing pressure. New England second best, so there figures to be pressure on the Colts uh, as they try to move the ball as well. And New England's been good in terms of limiting pressure, but they're going to be playing without center David Andrews, one of their best offensive linemen he missed last week as well, and the right tackle Marcus Cannon. Uh, and the Colts are very good. I think they're 11th or 12th in pressure, so they figure to put some pressure on New England as well. And, and the Colts are very good on their run defense, so you know that's one thing New England wants to do. I think they can they can you know, uh, contain that a little bit as well. Uh, and the Colts haven't topped more than 41 points, total points scored in the game this year, other than one time. That was against Jacksonville, who has a below-average uh, defense. And they faced two above-average defenses this year against Denver and Washington. They scored 12 and 16 points. Um, and so I don't figure, you know, this is going to be the third above-average defense that Indy faces. Uh, so I don't think they're going to score into the 20s in this game. And Indy's played five below-average offenses this year, allowed 20, 24, 9, 19, and 17 points. I don't see New England getting over 20 points in this game either. Uh, that makes it pretty hard to get over the 40-and-a-half, so I'm going under the total. I project about 36 points in this game. At sixth since NFL, if you want to follow Scott Kellen. Scott, do you have one more play on the NFL card this week? Uh, yeah, I am playing Minnesota uh, in, in this game as well, so I, I laid the three points uh, with Minnesota. I show some value in the game. I worry a little bit because I know, uh, you know, the Vikings are six and one. They probably are not as good as six and one. But you know what? And, and they've only beaten one team above 500. But at the same time, Washington's four and four. They've been outscored by 30 points uh, this year, um, and they have not scored a lot of points. The Vikings have scored 28 in four of their last five games, 24 in all five of their last games, uh, and against above-average offenses this year. Uh, the commanders, or as you like to call them, Matt, the Commodores, yep. uh, have allowed 22 or more points uh, against the uh, to each of the four above average offenses they face. So I figure the Vikings are going to get into the 20s, mid 20s in this game. Um, and Washington just is, is really struggling to score a lot of points this year. If they can't, you know, get over 17 points, which has been troublesome for them, I don't know that they can win this game. This is probably my least favorite, if you will, out of all the games I'm playing. But my numbers support Minnesota. I'm going to lay the points with the Vikings. All right, Scott Kellen, thanks for coming in last weekend. Great job tonight, and uh, good luck this weekend, Scott. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, take a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk uh, more about the Colts-Patriots, and Jonathan Taylor is out for the Colts. How much of a difference might that make? From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness. Set your lineup and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness, made of more terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For details, Scott, do you ever drink Guinness? It's been a while, definitely. I, I do like a, a good. I like a good beer you can eat with a fork. I really do, and so <laughs> I, a, I do tend to dabble Guinness with Guinness a, every it's once a in a good while. Good beer, you can't you can't drink it like by the case. No, nah, I can't drink it like I can't Budweiser. Are, are you a light beer or a heavy beer kind no, of guy? I drink heavy beer. Okay. But, uh, Guinness is definitely a good beer. You just Absolutely. can't drink twenty of them in a night. Have you uh, tried? <clears throat> no. So there's no proof. Well, I've done it with Budweiser many times. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that after you drink two or three Guinness, you can't drink 20 of them. I'm a Stella fan. I love, love, you know, black and tan. I love getting the Mm -hmm. whole thing. So, yeah, I'm there. How about Colts, Patriots? Let's talk about this. And uh, we did a little bit with Will Hill earlier. He's taking the points with the Colts. What's interesting, you know, we've seen the run game become much more of an emphasis in offenses across the NFL this Mm -hmm. year. That said, Jonathan Taylor, who was last year's NFL rushing champ, is out for the Colts, and it really doesn't impact the line at all, Scott, because Taylor has not been highly productive this season. I'm not sure how much of a difference it's going to make to not have him in the in that Colts offense this week. I'm having a hard time really capping this game and, and picking a side convincingly, uh, but I, I don't – I'm not crazy about the Colts. Jonathan Taylor in or out, I really didn't want the Colts here. Will Hill is taking the points with the Colts. How about you? I can't, I can't back the Colts, I mean, because they don't have somebody they can go to in the running game, and you know Belichick is going to have a nice game plan set up for the young Sam Ellinger, who, by the way, didn't right. look all that great last nah, week. He, he looked look, lost at times, didn't he? He didn't look that good at all. Yeah, and then you got a new offensive coordinator stepping in. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on with this Indianapolis Colts offense that isn't normal, and now you got to go up against a, a guy who's been a genius when it comes to matching up against young QBs who are either in their first season or making their debut had the Pats last week, Matt. It was my top play last week. And even though the the, the, the final margin ended up five, you never felt like they were in trouble the entire uh, second half. And that last touchdown came late enough to where you didn't have to sweat the cover. I want to say this, too, because I had the Patriots. Uh-huh. Uh, and the Astros are World yeah, Series champions. Once again. There, there you go. go. That's what the eruption is behind us here at the Circus Sportsbook. The Astros have uh, won the World Series, knocked out the Philadelphia Phillies. Dusty. Huh? Dusty Baker finally got his World Series win. Yeah, he I'm did. happy for Dusty, man. Uh, a lot of people in baseball, I think, happy for Dusty Baker. Um, whether you like the Astros or not and think they cheated in 2017 <laughs> and previously or not, hey, they they uh, they won this one convincingly. Should they give a ring to Bo Porter? I mean, he had to. He was there when they were going through all these guys. They were yeah. developing these guys. Frambois Valdez, you know, before they really were developed into what they've become. He they, had all these young guys when they couldn't win, and we were – referring to them as the Houston Lastros. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought Bo Porter, you know, is a pretty good manager for what he had to go through. But uh, there he is, number 12, as we're watching. Uh, the, Astros uh, organizations done a great job of developing yeah, talent. Incredible. Right? Yeah, much better than the Yankees, let's put it that way. Maybe not as good as the Angels, but, you know. 
Knocked out the uh, Yankees. <laughs> knocked out the uh, knocked out the Phillies. When Phillies had all the momentum, uh, too, after they win Game Three and they hit all those home, where they hit five home runs in Game yeah. Three, and um, offense didn't do a whole lot after that. Anyway, Astros are World Series champs. We got off uh, off track there a little bit. But that was the, the eruption in the sports book behind us. Uh, the Colts right now averaging 16 points a game offensively. They just don't have a go-to guy. Uh, they can't create a, a lot of uh, big plays. And they don't have many explosive plays. And uh, I think they're going to be in danger of not covering this game unless they can get mistakes out of the Patriots quarterback. And uh, that's one thing you have to be worried about if you lay the points with the Pats. Well, absolutely. I'm not crazy about the offense. And you could see the Pats were a bit outplayed last week at times, mm-hmm. even though they won the game. And again, the score was comfortable at the end. Uh, you weren't sweating it just because of that late touchdown because there wasn't much time left. I ended up passing this. I, I actually kind of like Scott Kellen's underplay here that he mm-hmm. just talked about. Uh, the only scary thing about that is, I, you know, with not much to go to as far as Ellinger and the tools he's going to have around him or the weaponry on the offense, you'll worry that he might force a pass or two, end up a pick six, end up with a short field situation for New England. That always scares him when you're talking about a total of 40 and a half. But I could very easily see in this being a you know, 17 to 10 type of game. I didn't mess with it all. I didn't play the total. I didn't play the side. They didn't even come close, New England, this week or the Colts to being part of my contest card or an actual play. Scott, you look at the NFL scoring chart and uh, points per game. 25th in the NFL, the Packers at 18.1. Yeah. 27th, the Rams at 16.9. 30th, uh, excuse me, um, 29th, the Colts at 16 point, 16.1. And... Uh, you got some bad offenses down there at the bottom. Bucks, Packers, Rams, Colts, and uh, the Patriots, not that explosive offensively either. But one thing I was going to say about last week, Mac Jones getting a lot of credit for leading the Patriots to victory. He got lucky. He threw a pick six in that game that was nullified by a roughing the passer penalty, and that was a big play in that game. You and I had the pats. Sure. I was happy it happened. <laughs> you tend to forget that sometimes. That was a lucky break that went the Patriots' way last week. Absolutely, and I've been yeah. disappointed with Mac Jones and his development all season. Maybe it has something to do uh, with the guy who's calling a lot of these offensive shots for New England this year, which uh, Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia, who uh, failed miserably in Detroit as head coach, and he's a defensive coach. Exactly. Anyway. I don't. Under, well, like I said, you know, he, maybe he's waiting for the return of Josh McDaniels uh, to be their offensive play caller. The guy but, who uh, led the Raiders to zero points last exactly. week. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. There's the uh, screaming endorsement. He scored zero points last week, but. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's tough. That's why I said, you know, this could be a 17 to 10 game. This could be a 20 to 10 type of affair. Uh, but again, it scares me to play the under because I think we could have a couple of the quarterbacks who make mistakes that end up being points for the other side and, and just decided to hang off of this one. But if I had to play a side or a total, I would lean a bit, a little bit to Kellen's underplay. I'm pretty confident the uh, Patriots are going to win this game, uh, but I'm not all that confident they're going to cover the number. So I did not play it. But, Scott, I was also pretty confident that the Patriots are going to beat the Bears on that Monday night two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Stayed away from that one. Man, that wasn't even fluky. You were here is, last week to talk uh, about that uh, on Saturday, but that wasn't even fluky. The difference is that Bears team's really been running the ball where Absolutely. the Bears are number one in the NFL in rushing offense. Justin Fields was making plays, and uh, Sam Ellinger and the Colts are not going to do that. I'll, I'll take matchup. Fields over Ellinger right now, that's yeah. for sure. So, And, and again, they're running the football sure. for about a buck eighty per game. That's right. And, and the Colts aren't doing that. Absolutely. How about Bills and Jets? And Chris Andrews joined us in the uh, opening hour tonight talking about some smart money showing up on the Jets this week. Scott, do you, uh, do you think it's that smart with the Bills? There's about 11-point favorites uh, in New York tomorrow. Kind of like the under here. And I wanted to play the Jets, but I passed. Kind of like the under. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only been one Bills game this entire season that's gone over this points total. And you mentioned it earlier. It was the 41-7 to when they had against Tennessee, so they got no help uh, from Tennessee's offense when it came to scoring. The reason they can't back the Jets, and first of all, I didn't get it when you could add 13. Right. Uh, but also because, I mean, Brees Hall's injury is just such a game-changer for this offense. And going into last week, Zach Wilson was a 49% passer, like over his previous couple of games. Right now, on the season, I think he's played five games, if memory serves correctly, Zach Wilson. 55% passer. Uh, His touchdown-to-interception ratio is not good. The offense is in the lower half of the NFL. The defense is decent, so they can maybe rely a little bit on their defense uh, this week. I hate playing against divisional home dogs, 
especially when they're getting double digits. But I missed a better number, and I just can't pull the trigger, man. I'm sitting here struggling to try to figure out reasons why we should jump on the Jets, and I can't do it. I ended up passing the game. I do think an under is not bad. I think what should matter in this game is that Zach Wilson gets an F grade when under pressure this season, and Buffalo can get pressure on him. If they do and they play their game, like we've seen throughout the course of this season, he's going to be under pressure way too much. Mm-hmm. And again, he has not handled pressure situations at all this year. Zach Wilson, I, I think he's kind of in that Trevor Lawrence category. It's too soon to call him a bust, sure. way too soon. But he's inching his way there because I, I don't like much what I see from Zach Wilson. I'll tell you, of all the young quarterbacks, the one who I think has got the least chance to succeed is Kenny Pickett of the okay. Steelers. He doesn't have any one standout characteristic, if you think about it. His arm strength is average. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have much mobility. He's not a big guy. Uh, what, does, what, what is it about Kenny Pickett when you watch him that stands out to say, hey, that's a big-time franchise quarterback? <laughs> is there anything? Yeah, two words. Mark Whipple, when he was offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Pitt. Yeah. He's no longer there. He's coaching a mess of quarterbacks in Lincoln, Nebraska right now. But he kind of changed the offense to fit what Pickett was doing best. And unfortunately, what he does best doesn't translate to the NFL level. I'm with you. I don't think it does. I was surprised when they drafted him where they did. I thought he was overvalued. Uh, That contract, I hope he's got a few bucks going Whipple's way because he really turned him into something last year. Some of these young quarterbacks look pretty shaky at this point. I like to give guys time to develop, but I'm not real optimistic about Zach Wilson. And and I'm less optimistic about uh, Kenny Pickett. Anyway, we've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to talk more about the Philadelphia Eagles, one of our favorite topics. Uh, When we come back, uh, will the Eagles go undefeated? Probably not. We're going to try to pinpoint the spot where they lose first. So stay tuned for that. Scott Spritzer, Matt Humans here on Saturday, Bet Prep, the NFL Week 9 preview show. Back here in a couple minutes on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, get everything VEASAN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Sounds like a hell of a deal, right? Get VEASAN Pro Access all the way through the Super Bowl, plus the College Basketball Betting Guide out next week, College Football Bowl Guide in December, Super Bowl Betting Guide in February, give yourself an edge. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That's a pretty good deal. That's over three months. vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Spritzer, Matt Eumann's in here as uh, we continue to preview NFL Week 9. And, Scott, let's talk about our favorite topic, the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, uh, because we've been hyping this team up for a long time. I will say one thing. They are 8-0 at this point. Their win total opened at 8.5 here at Circus Sports, bet MGM and some other places. It was bet up to 9.5. So there was a lot of people who thought the Eagles were going to be pretty good and be the best team in the NFC East. If there's one thing, if there's one um, way you could uh, maybe detract from what Philadelphia's done to this point, be they've had a pretty soft schedule. Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. And you know what? They have a pretty soft schedule the rest of the way too. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny last week, I think it was last week when Scott Kellen was in here, we were talking about the Eagles a little bit, and I was going through their schedule right before we did the show. Mm-hmm. And they had these fantastic first halves going in last week. And then, of course, the second half, they had like 35 total points over their first six weeks. Mm-hmm. And we saw them, you know, actually score a few more points last couple of games in the second half. So I was looking at that as like, are they dialing down things a little bit because they don't want to mess things up in the second half? Or are they just getting out-adjusted, you know, to um, – I, if, if even if, if it's that, you know, I mean, I'm looking to see if they're getting out. Of, I'm trying to watch their games. I've recorded some of their games. Go back and watch a little bit. The one thing that I can find consistently that they have problems with is run defense. And that's when I look at the rest of their schedule. I'm looking to see what teams can run the football effectively and not just because they can't pass the football. Like the Chicago Bears who cannot pass the football, all they can do is run. They run mm-hmm. well. They're on the schedule the rest of the way. They come up in mid-December for Philadelphia. And that's one of those games that falls between road games at the Giants and at the Cowboys. Well, they got to go to Chicago and play at the Bears. We just saw Philly in an ultra flat spot the other night. 
struggling a little bit against the Houston Texans, finally winning by 12, failing to cover. So this is a team that could be flat when they play that game in mid-December at Chicago. And again, Chicago runs the football. So the, the consistent problem I see with Philly is the run defense. And again, also, they look like they're just a little bit off when they play after halftime. Like, just something's missing from that offense mm-hmm. that we see in the first two quarters. Let's look at the schedule here for the Eagles down the stretch. Next week, November 14th, they host the Commanders. November 20th at the Colts. The 27th host the Packers. December 4th hosts the Titans. December 11th at the Giants. The 18th at the Bears. Christmas Eve. We'll be sitting here in studio previewing the NFL on Christmas Eve. It's Eagles at Cowboys. January 1st, Eagles host the Saints. And the 8th, they host the Giants. Uh, you see the odds up there via DraftKings. When will the Eagles take their first loss? And uh, you could grab 16 to 1 odds on the Bears, December 18th. Uh, right now, 8 to 1. 8 to 1 on the Cowboys. Where do you think it's going to happen, Scott? Because. Uh, the Eagles who go 17 and 0 is 9 to 1 odds plus 900. Where do you think they take their first loss? I would not bet on this team going undefeated no matter right. how soft the schedule is. They're going to trip up and uh, take a fall at some spot. Could put a few bucks on those three road games, right? Giants, Bears and Cowboys. Back to back to back. You know, and yeah. uh if they don't lose to the Giants, I mean, even if they were able to beat the Bears, don't you think it's kind of a Houston-esque type of performance that we saw on Thursday night of this past mm-hmm. week? where it's a flat spot, and then they only have six days between games against the Bears and the Cowboys when they play them on Christmas Eve in Dallas. And not that a divisional game against the Dallas Cowboys doesn't matter as much to the Eagles, but it might not by the time they get to that game. Mm-hmm. So, And then they host the, the Saints and the Giants down the stretch, and I've got them power rated on their home field nearly 10 points better than both the Saints and the Giants in those last two games. And both of those teams, though, they run the ball effectively, they run the ball well, and again, it might be a situation where Philly doesn't need a game late in the season, so you can look to go there. But when I see those odds right there of that three-game stretch on the road, at Giants, plus 600, at Bears, 16-1, to and then at the Dallas Cowboys, I'm thinking that might not be three bad bets to make right now uh, before we see any more football action on Sunday to be able to jump on, on those three plays and maybe cash one of those tickets. But that's where I would think the first loss comes, either December 11th against the Giants or December 18th against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it looks like that Bermuda Triangle is where the uh, Eagles are going to lose one. It's going to be Giants, Bears, or Cowboys. They're not going to get to Christmas undefeated. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think you do. And and these next three games, Commanders, at Colts, home Packers, I think they'll get through those games. They should get through those. None of those teams run the ball well. At least they haven't right. thus far. Uh, one-dimensional offenses. And then they should get past the Titans, although the Titans can run the football quite well. That is the week before the Giants. But uh, I think they're going to be all right. I think they'll be 12-0. and where they traveled to New York to take on the New York Giants, and that could be a tough one. It's going to be a lot of hype around that game, and you got back-to-back-to-back games on the road, Giants, Bears, and Cowboys, and it uh, wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bears took them down on December right. 18th, and that's 16-1 to 1 odds yep. if you want to bet that. Uh, let's talk about the Bears right now. They're hosting the Dolphins at Sol- Soldier Field on Sunday, and, Scott, today it was windy and cold in Chicago, and that would play into the Bears' hands, and um, – Hurt the Dolphins' offense a little bit if uh, they do have to play in cold and windy conditions. I don't think the weather is going to be as bad Sunday in Chicago as it was on Saturday afternoon when Ohio State put up only 21 points against Northwestern. (laughs) But uh, the Dolphins, uh, the numbers come down a little bit here. They were five, five five-and-a-half point favorites at one point, now four, uh, four four-and-a-half point favorites against the Bears. And uh, as we mentioned, the Bears did trade for Chase Claypool, so they Mm -hmm. have an extra offensive weapon out there at wide receiver for Justin Fields this week. The downside is they traded their best defensive player, Roquan Smith, who leads the NFL in tackles, and he's not going to be out there. Obviously, he's now in Baltimore. Uh, So, Scott, how do you handicap Dolphins Bears, and were you uh, interested uh, at all here in the home dog? I wasn't. um, Okay. Miami is the play for me in this game, and you mentioned Roquan Smith the week before off of a really good Monday night performance against New England. What, 24 hours later, they traded Robert Quinn. Mm-hmm. So they've traded two of their better defenders away. Robert Quinn in the to last the Eagles, couple of weeks. By the way. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that is I didn't think it was a bad move for Chicago considering where they are with their one loss record and that they're not going anywhere this year because they got rid of, again, some more salary that's going to be cleared, off, uh, cleared up for the offseason. And Robert Quinn, as good as he is, I thought he was a little bit overrated sure. this season. I think it's a great move for Philly to get him, but I thought he was a little bit overvalued. 
uh, with Chicago. So and those you guys lose are those not going to be the Bears. were not going to pay those guys in the future of anyway. And for yeah. the Bears, it's all about next year and the future. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought it wasn't a bad deal uh, by letting Quinn get away. Uh, all they do is run. You know, maybe with Claypool, they're able to pass the football a little bit more effectively uh, this week. But Miami's defense is top 10 in defensive rushing DVOA. They're sixth in yards rushing allowed per game. That's going to be tough for Chicago to overcome if they're unable to have any kind of passing game uh, throughout the four quarters of this contest. And as we know, they just don't, they're just not trustworthy uh, fields throwing the football dead last in yards passing per game. Miami doesn't throw me here going on the road in the cold, laying four, four and a half, laying mm-hmm. more than a field goal, but it would be them or nothing for me. I took the points with the Bears in the contest. We'll get to my best best okay. later. The Bears would catch them five on the contest card. Uh, let's go to another NFC North team, the Vikings on the road against the Commanders or the Commodores, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and uh, the Vikings, I think, getting more sharp play here uh, than the home dog is. In our contest, the Circuit Friday Football Invitational, we had some guys checking in on the Vikings last night, laying three on the road. Scott, do you agree or disagree with Kirk Cousins? Do you like that? Mm. It's hard to say I like Kirk Cousins any week. Yeah. You know, it's tough to get out. Um, I, I worry about Minnesota and the fact that, again, they they allow a lot more yards than they gain on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. That bothers me a little bit and going on the road. And at least we see life out of this offense when Tyler Heineke's on the, on the field behind the center out of Washington. He actually looks like he knows what he's doing inside this offense as opposed to what we saw it at Carson Wentz. Not always crazy about playing a dog off back-to-back dog wins, and that's the spot Washington is in this week. Uh, so I, I can see why people who really follow this from a betting perspective would be going against Washington, not just for that reason, but again, you're talking about a team that just upset a couple of teams as an underdog, right. and there are nice angles going against that. So for me, it's a lean towards Minnesota in this game. I think they'll they had a bad game against Miami when we were all kind of going for Minnesota there. They got out gained by about 200 yards. That's always scary. But mm-hmm. here on the road, as long as it's a field goal or less, I think Minnesota or nothing is the play. You know, it's interesting. You watched that Commanders-Colts game last week. And it seemed, felt like neither team deserved to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tyler Heineke, he came up with the drive to win the game late. And uh, did you have the Commanders on your contest card? I don't believe we had the Commanders okay. last week. I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to remember. I did. That was uh, the fifth uh, team I put on there, and I was happy. I mean, that's the difference between a three and two and a two and three mm. week. And uh, Ty, I, I, it's crazy when you handicap this Washington team. Don't you feel better about it with Heineke Absolutely. at quarterback than you do with yeah. Carson Wentz? I didn't think Carson Wentz should have been starting, other than the fact that he got the big pay. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tyler Heineke gives me much more confidence if I'm going to back uh, the Washington uh, Commanders definitely. And he looks like he's just got the energy out there that pumps up the rest of right. the offense. Right. They believe in him. I think as a leader. All right. We're going to wrap up the show next with uh, my best bets, contest plays uh, for week nine. So stay tuned for that. We'll also tell you once again what Scott's got on his contest card uh, this week. So quick break back here in a couple minutes on the Sunday Brett Prep Show, NFL Preview, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ball Sports. Heating up. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you are a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet and Get, Sunday football parlay insurance, and a lot more. Head to BetRivers.com or download the app today. BetRivers Sportsbook. Visit BetRivers.com. Scott Spritzer, Matt Eumann's back here to wrap up the show, NFL Week 9 preview. And, uh, Scott, we have a pro tip to get to before we do that because I've spent many, many hours here in the past two weeks uh, researching and writing college basketball. And uh, the season tips off on Monday. And you're trying to balance all this work you got to do, your college football work, your NFL work, your college hoops work, and everything else. I know you're working on baseball, too, in the World Series. So the pro tip here, and I'll let you expand on this, but when the football and basketball seasons overlap, focus on efficient time management. Set a daily and weekly schedule for getting your handicapping work done. We talked about this a little bit with uh, Chris Zanuck when he was in schedule, excuse me, in studio a couple weeks ago about setting a schedule and sticking to it. And that helps you be more efficient with your time and uh, more organized every week. How do you handle this, Scott? Yeah, I mean, regularly, you know, for the last 18 years, before my uh, daughter went off to college a couple of months ago, I always started working 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And and it it would be quiet. The wife would go to bed. The daughter's asleep and the whole thing. And I love the quiet that I have around me, the peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. And so I would sit there and I'd jump into it until I was done that night. Sometimes it'd be 10 p.m. till 2 a.m., sometimes 10 p.m. till 5 a.m., whatever. College basketball changes things a little bit. And I'll tell you what, and I do have a schedule that I said I still do my late night working for a lot of the the daily sports, including college basketball, once we get a little bit more into the season. But on a Friday afternoon, and this happens almost out of the get-go these days with all these games being played in the month of November as opposed to what it was 15 years ago or so, Friday for me, I set my rear end down at my desk, my home office, at 12 p.m. Pacific time, and I work until I'm done. And Matt, you know how it is with all these injuries you got to catch up on. You're talking to a few people who are also in your little circle, and you're reading things on good Twitter pages and stuff like that, social media. So it's basically on a big card. It's noon to midnight. Mm -hmm. But I, I just started doing this years ago, and it's like I believe what Chris was saying. You have to have a schedule. you got to be disciplined and stick to it. And at noon, <laughs> Fridays, I jump on it. Like tomorrow, for instance, on Sunday or today, whenever anybody's listening to this, you know, I'm going to have the NFL going, obviously, but there's going to be no in-game betting going for me tomorrow. i got to go through that entire Monday college card and update any potential injuries that were maybe going to potentially hurt a team or help a team in a matchup. And there's 70-some-odd games if you include the extra board right. on Monday. So that's what I'll be doing on Sunday afternoon. Now, I'll probably watch the early NFL games. Schedule's kind of weird. And then starting after that, I'll be the guy sitting at his desk looking through all the injuries, trying to catch up injuries for the upcoming uh, Monday games. And there shouldn't be a whole lot. There's a few uh, that have taken place. But that's what you do, man, and you got to have that schedule. Fortunately, throughout the course of the season, there's about two days a week where you just got to sit down and work about 10 to 12 hours a day in college basketball. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, a couple nights, I always work all night Sunday night and all night, all night Monday night. Okay. You know, all you're working on football, and you're also now you're, you're throwing in basketball work as well. And then, like you said, Friday nights you have to work on college hoops all night yeah, because it's crazy. you got a monster schedule. But the season tips off Monday, 
And uh, Scott, there's only about 100 games on the schedule, so not much work to do on college hoops for the first day. That's crazy. Do you you remember what it used to be like, you know, eight games on opening day, and it would be like Duke, Michigan State, North Carolina, Kentucky, and talk about no trouble at all getting information on rosters and teams back in those days, and now everybody's playing. I'm I'm a big Creighton Blue Jays fan. It goes way back before the uh, McDermott era, uh, back in the Tom Apke years, the Willis Reed years, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I, I used to love to focus, and I tell people this all the time. They always say, if I'm just getting into betting, I got a few bucks to be more than just a casual better. What do you recommend? And, and I brought up Creighton because when they used to be in the Mo Valley, when I first got out to Vegas, started doing the uh, Stardust Show and all that kind of stuff, I focused on the Missouri Valley. And I tell people now, man, grab yourself a, not a Power Five, but a lower level conference um, that people really aren't following really closely. Mm-hmm. Stick to that conference. Do that for the entire season as you're starting to become a pro better or you know, make a little bit of extra money to you know, enhance your income. Look at the Big West every day. <coughs> Excuse me, don't look at anybody else. Or pick three or four teams and stick to those teams and their opponents all season long. So that's one thing you can do, and I still know pro betters who will do that. They'll have maybe one conference that they focus in on and nothing else gets in their way. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't I, do it either, but I do know I mean, people who do it. I follow, I'm not going to follow all the conferences closely, but I am going to follow the Big Ten, the Big 12, um, Mountain West, Big West, sure. Pac-12. I'm looking at all the games know, too, Matt. I'm a glutton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh, I, I don't follow all the small East Coast conferences because, frankly, I'm just not that good at handicapping those teams. I don't know them as well. well and that's and way I think like, you have yeah. to stick to what your strengths are. And that's uh, what I was saying, you know, when you're first starting out and you want to become more than just a casual better, though, yeah. pick out one of those smaller level conferences. The Mo Valley worked wonders for me until they had that big run when Billy Packer was still ripping the conference every chance he got, but you had the Wichita States coming around, Creighton, Drake, teams like right. that. I can remember those players like Antoine Carr and Lewis Lloyd. I mean, that was my conference, you know. The other pro tip, uh, yeah, that's that's great. By the way, the VSIN College Basketball Betting Guide, the preseason guide is coming out here in the next few days, so make sure you get that. That's part of the VSIN midseason special too, but that guide is uh, great. We've done a ton of work on it. And uh, kind of saves you from having to do the work. I've got some futures I like in college hoops, too. We'll be talking about on shows this week. The other pro tip we had tonight was don't bet on primetime NFL games just to have action. It's never entertaining and fun uh, to lose. You better have a strong opinion if you're going to play them. Scott, you happen to have strong opinions on two of the primetime games this week. Uh, recap your best bets here. Uh, the five on your card. Yeah, after the pro tip that we gave, right? So by uh... – My contest plays are the Packers minus three and a half at Detroit. They were three and a half in the uh, contest. I've got the Chargers minus the field goal at Atlanta. I've got Seattle. uh, Excuse me, I've got Arizona minus two at home to Seattle. Uh, Sunday night, KC laying all those points, 12 and a half to Tennessee. And then, of course, Monday night took the two and a half with the New Orleans Saints over Baltimore. So we just give that pro tip, and then I'm on both primetime games. But I, as Matt said, you better really like it before you're going to play them. And I, I do really like them. I did hold off on that uh, Thursday night game. Didn't even have a personal bet on that uh, Philadelphia-Houston game. But I'm in primetime action, you know, so that is a little bit scary because if you start one and two, you're sitting there going, I got the Chiefs and the Saints. I got to lay all that lumber with KC, and I got to mm-hmm. hope the Saints don't find a way to lose by three. You know, so we'll be sweating right. out games for the entire next 24 to 36 hours. There are certain people who I can count on getting a text from every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night. You know, what do you like in this game? Exactly. They, they want to bet every primetime game. I just don't understand why people bet. Some people bet that way. Anyway, you've got the Packers, Chargers, Cardinals, Chiefs, and Saints. We don't have a whole lot of overlapping uh, plays uh, this week. My Mean Machine Circuit Contest picks, and uh, I'm not exactly sure what my record is right now. I've kind of lost track of it the last couple of weeks. I think in the Hilton excuse me, in the Westgate Super Contest, I'm somewhere around 25 and 15. That's what I am, 25 and 15. Okay. Yep. A couple games worse in the Circa because uh, I've, I've changed some plays and I've actually changed losers to winners in the, in the Westgate <laughs> Contest. But in the uh, Circa Contest this week, playing the Bears plus five, the Falcons plus three, a couple of home dogs there, the Panthers plus seven and a half, and the two games I like the most, the two sides – there are my favorites this week. The Raiders minus one and a half and the Buccaneers minus three. I was hoping for a two and a half on the contest sure. card, Scott. And we actually got to two and a half in the Westgate Super Contest on the Bucks. We don't have any overlapping plays. We do have uh we we've done well when we've overlapped throughout the course of this season, but uh we are butting heads in that Chargers Falcons game. That's right. I do like the last two plays you had on there, which were the Raiders and the Buccaneers. Uh, little personal bets. I'll be in action on those two, but didn't make them part of the contest. 
Raiders came real close to being part of our contest card. I also like the Panthers, by the way, and uh, they didn't make the contest card. They were real close. But uh, So we do have three uh, three games that we're going to be in common in one way or another, but we will butt heads on the Falcons and Chargers. Opposite and, one game, yep. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe it'll I, land on three. The Saints were this <laughs> close The Saints were this close to making my contest card, too. And uh, in the Westgate, I did change one card, and uh, I think I took the Panthers off and I put the Cardinals on. Okay. You've got the Cardinals too, right? I do have the Cardinals. So we, we yeah. got a common play there with the Cardinals. Like I said, it's hard for me to make a strong argument in favor of the Cardinals because I just don't like Cliff Kingsbury. I don't like Kyler Murray. But if if you look at the Cardinals' offense and the difference with DeAndre Hopkins yes. out there on the field, there is a big difference. And he had 12 catches and 159 yards a week ago. And I think that'll be the difference between uh, the meeting in Seattle when it was 19-9 Seahawks and the uh, Cardinals hopefully getting revenge in uh, this spot. And also, Scott, I think the Seahawks are going to be uh, kind of the trendy dog, the public dog yep. uh, tomorrow. I agree. It was Tennessee on Saturday. I think it'll be, uh, I think you're right, it'll be Seattle on Sunday. And Hopkins, you know, he's going to be targeted at least 14, 15 times. Mm -hmm. And so if they try to help out and double a little bit, it opens up the other side of the field a little bit more. And then Kyler Murray can either pull the ball down and run off with it, or he can hit a few other receivers along the way. And hopefully Kingsbury doesn't get in the way of their <laughs> offense tomorrow. That's Scott Spreitzer. Uh, you can follow him at Doc Sports, and he's not going to be here next week. He's taking a bye. Will Hill is going to replace him as my co-host. Will Hill was a guest on tonight's show. Thanks to him. Chris Andrews, the South Point Sportsbook Director, and Scott Kellen. Have a winning NFL Week 9. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Check out the new betting splits feature on VEASAN.com before you place your next bet. Every day we post the latest splits with the percentage of bets and money on teams and total for each game. Track which teams are seeing the most tickets written and if the public action matches the money coming in on those matches the money coming in on those matches the money coming in on those matches the money. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.